0: Where's Notre Dame rank among the top college football programs heading into 2023? Luke Smith and I give our list of the top 15 coming up next. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to Locked on Irish. It is Thursday, April 6th. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, you can find us on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are watching along on YouTube, Please like the video below and subscribe, and if you're listening to the pod, please hit that subscribe button as well, and hey, a five-star rating wouldn't hurt either. I'm Tyler Wojcik, and I'm the host. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018 and have been covering college football for the two major sports networks ever since, and in today's episode, my good friend and former co-host Luke Smith and I will go over our list of the top 15 programs in college football. This was a really fun exercise to do, and I'm going to be honest, it's a little bit more difficult than I thought it'd be. And if you don't believe me, try it out for yourself because I I don't really think there's a perfect way to do it. Uh, maybe you'll find one, but it's a lot more subjective than you might expect. So we both had different sets of criteria. We went over our top 15. We agreed on some, we disagreed on others. And it was a really fun conversation that I hope you guys will enjoy. So let's bring them in. All right, Luke Smith is back on the show. And today we're gonna figure out the top 15 college football programs heading into the year 2023. And right off the bat, I gotta say, some of the criteria that we have discussed here, it might, uh, it might get violated. Uh, But what we're, what we are doing here is I have my own set of criteria. I made my own list and then Luke has his own criteria and Luke made his own list. So there's going to be some differences there. Uh, But Luke, tell me, like take me through some of the criteria that you were thinking about as you were creating this list.
1: It's a loose interpretation of things. Uh, And as you alluded to, I have no doubt that to some extent, I'm probably going to violate some of my own rules. But when I thought about this, and as I started to do this exercise, there were really, I guess, four main criteria that came to mind here. And, And that starts with playoff appearances slash playoff wins obviously titles takes precedence of that but in that same ilk i think you can kind of group all those together like that is very important to me you made a college football playoff that's a significant that's a significant accomplishment and i think you should be re- rewarded um and we're and i'm framing all of this in the college football player playoff era with obviously an emphasis on most recently and that kind of leads me to my next point is are you on an upswing right now? Um, Because I I think that that's important. And and hand in hand with that is just, what's my perception of this program? Like, how how do I feel about them? Where do I think things are going? Obviously, that's about as subjective as you can get because everybody's perception is going to be different about every program that's not named Alabama, Georgia, and probably Ohio State, but maybe even Ohio State. So um, that's kind of where I'm coming from to, to sum that up is I would say that playoff... What's your playoff resume uh, and, and what's my perception or are you, are you on an upswing? So we're mostly the same. The only
0: difference is you're prioritizing college football playoff appearances a little bit more than I am. So for me, I'm looking at uh, who's your head coach. This is not in any particular order, by the way. Who's your head coach? What's the talent like on your current roster? And then this one is uh, a little bit vague. Recent history slash consistency. Uh, recent history, same thing, though, as you college football playoff era, not looking at really anything before that. And then at the end, I'm also considering future. Uh, how have you been recruiting as of late? What does the future look like? Uh, is the program stable? All of the, all of those things take into account here. And something else I kind of look at is I'm looking at this these teams in like a tiers model. So for the top five, I think I'm going to be a little bit more focused on can you or have you won a national championship in recent, like say past five years, let's say, and then looking forward, could I see you winning a national championship in the next two to three years? So we're looking at the very short future here, but that's what I'm looking at. So you let us off here. Give me your number one program in college football.
1: I like that point that you made about have you won a title um, or will you, can I see you winning a title? Like if I close my eyes, can that happen? Because that, that I think kind of aligns here. Uh, number one, I have Georgia. I think that some people might make the case for Alabama, but it's it's just really hard when you've won back to back titles and you look poised to potentially win a third, even if you don't know who your quarterback is. So I have Georgia at number one.
0: Okay. So I actually have Alabama at one, and I was going to put Georgia there originally, but I just can't get over the fact that they have the best coach in the history of college football still. And even though they had a relatively down year this past year, they signed the greatest recruiting class of all time. Like they had heard that one before. Yeah. They had nine, five stars in this class. So I think that they're going to be back and they're going to be back right away. Uh, it could be this season. It could be the year after, but I do understand the Georgia point. I guess another part in this for me was even though they did win back to back national championships, I actually think Alabama was the better team in 2021. And I know that they lost the national championship, but they did kind of beat their ass in the, uh, college football, or excuse me, in the sec championship. And personally, I feel like if uh, Mechie and Jameson Williams were not hurt, Alabama probably wins that national championship game, so I don't put as much stock in the back-to-back part. But you got to look at what Georgia did this year, and, I mean, they just dominated pretty much everyone in their path except for Ohio State. So I actually have them at number two, and I can see why you have them at number one.
1: Yeah, and that won't shock you then that I have Alabama at number two. Uh, I, I definitely – get what you're saying with the notion that Alabama may have actually been the better team in 2021 if not for that injury or injuries I guess I should say however that's what happened I guess uh and initially I wasn't sure if I wanted to weigh head-to-head because as we'll get into this I think you'll see that I don't really put an emphasis on uh head-to-head just because and that's probably not fair which is also probably it's not how I think of things well in season Uh, I know I've made that case before to go back to 2018 when everybody was saying Michigan should have been ranked ahead of Notre Dame for absolutely no reason after Notre Dame pretty much smoked them in week one. Uh, But for the sake of this exercise, that wasn't really how I thought of things.
0: Yeah, I get that. I'm trying not to let this past season weigh too much. Like I'm trying to look at the full body of work of the past five years, like I was saying earlier, but if we're looking towards the future, I know I mentioned Alabama's recruiting class, but then again, what Georgia's got going right now, uh, it doesn't look like they're stopping anytime soon. Cause Kirby's not leaving. You got to think Saban will get old and retire eventually. Whereas Kirby, like I mean, he could be there around. He could be there for a really long time.
1: <clears throat> right. And if I'm recalling correctly, uh, Saban has long said or long said before Kirby got there that, if there were to be a program that could replicate what he had done at Alabama, it would be Georgia. If they got the right guy, looks like that might happen.
0: Yeah. All uh, right. Who do you got at number three? Cause I think this is where it gets a little bit more interesting.
1: So I will have stayed at number three and I could see why some people might object to that given what happened against Michigan the last two years. But when you just look at the accumulation of talent that they have on their roster, it's really hard not to put them there. Obviously they need to figure some things out on the defensive side of the ball, but let's also be frank. They're a made field goal away from winning the national championship game this year. So there is that as well. Uh, And and that's, that's something that's in the back of my mind. I, I know that Ohio state fans might not even agree with this because I'm sure half of them, not that they're all that logical, want Ryan day run out of town right now, but I have to go with Ohio state number three. I did the same thing. And honestly, I didn't
0: think about this too much because I know Michigan won back-to-back seasons and to their credit, they look dominant in both of those wins in the second half, more so this past season, but going back to the thing at the beginning where if you close your eyes and said, which team is going to win the national championship sooner, Ohio state or Michigan, I think you're saying Ohio state. And especially considering what Michigan has done recruiting as of late. And again, <laughs> I know that what happens on the field on Saturdays means more, but, Coming off back-to-back college football player appearances, Michigan didn't sign a top 120 player in this last class in 2023. They've got some momentum in 2024, but you, sim- you simply need to stockpile talent in order to win a national championship, and that's why I'm giving Ohio State the edge. Although, if they get beat again by Michigan this year, then I have to put Michigan above.
1: Agreed. And like you said, it also matters when you lose to the – arguably worst playoff participant ever in TCU uh, like Michigan did this past year. So uh, next I think I'm going to surprise some people with number four. And frankly, I surprised myself, but given those criteria that I listed out there in terms of titles, and I don't think I would probably have this school here, if not for one significant staff edition this past offseason, I have Clemson at number four, actually. And I know that a lot of people would say that they've been on a downswing. And, and I think that's fair, despite the fact that they've won double-digit games each of their last past two down years, so to speak. They have two national titles in the college football playoff era. As I alluded to, I don't think I would have them here if Dabo Sweeney hadn't decided, you know what, I'm going to go outside of outside of the family again and I'm going to go get Garrett Riley from TCU that's exactly what he did and I'm honestly very unhappy that he did that because as we know the Irish set to go <laughs> to Death Valley this year and see a Cade Club Nick offense that's directed by Garrett Riley that'll be a challenge but for those you know the titles that they've won and and honestly I think the impact that Garrett Riley will have on that offense I have Clemson at number four
0: I'm a little bit surprised I thought you'd have Michigan there. I've got Michigan at four. I already kind of went over it. Like, they have an argument at three. But I, I do understand that Clemson pick. So, is this more so a kind of a bet on the future with Garrett Riley? And you also, not only do they have Cade Klubnik, they also got Christopher Vezina, who we know that Notre Dame wanted a lot, too. So, they're they're pretty much set at the quarterback position. And we saw what could happen when Clemson has a really good quarterback. I mean, they won – two national championships, they went to four, and it was in large part because they had Sean Watson and Trevor Lawrence, but they also had maybe one of the greatest defensive lines in college football history, so it's not all the quarterback position, even though Clemson's pretty set there for a while.
1: True, and I know their recruiting hasn't been probably to the level that it was the last couple years, but I also think that when you look at the ACC, I know Florida State kind of on the upswing. We'll see how they are this year. I just think they have the easiest path to access to a title of, of these teams that are in this realm just because of how bad the ACC's been the last five six years now they could who knows they could leave the ACC soon too who knows what will happen there but assuming that they're still within the ACC I think that given the, the weight that I've put on titles and and just I can see you winning a national title the accessibility that they have there also plays a role.
0: Yeah, and for as much as Dabo Sweeney annoys me, I'm actually starting to come around to him a little bit more because I think, I mean, his view of college football is a little bit, or it's way more old school than mine, but I think there are some things that he values that I I find myself agreeing with him on a lot as well. So I don't necessarily think that's controversial, but I think my number five is, and there's going to be a lot of Notre Dame fans listening that don't agree with this. I'm putting LSU at five, and I get it. They've been a train wreck ever since that magical season in 2019. But when you look at the programs in winning a national championship, they have everything you need to win a national championship. Maybe not this upcoming season. Like I don't think they're going to win it all this year, but the program, the recruiting hotbed that they're in, um the amount of talent like they recruited say what you want about brian kelly as a recruiter they had the number six overall class this past year and i don't think brian kelly has to do a whole lot just because of where they're at and if ed orgeron and les miles can win a national championship at lsu brian can brian kelly can win a championship at lsu so i actually have them at five once again prioritizing if this team were to win a national championship in the next three years would you be shocked and i don't think i would be or anyone should be if lsu did
1: you said one thing that was wrong there, that they, they were only a train wreck last year in, in in terms of special teams against Florida State. They actually, I think, exceeded expectations last year by making it the SEC. Oh, yeah. That, sorry. I meant before yeah. Kelly. Yep. Yeah. Um, For what it's worth, I also have them at five. And it's oh, for many yeah. of the reasons that you just said. I listen. There are a lot of built in advantages to being in Baton Rouge there's a reason ultimately why Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for them. And that reason is he thought it would be easier to win a title there. I think he's probably right. That's not to say that Notre Dame can't win a national title, but is it easier to LSU? Probably. And it's, it's it's that exact same exercise we keep talking about. You close your eyes. Can you see them winning a national title in the next three years? You can. So I, for that reason, I also have them at number five, as well as the fact that, like you said, they have a national title to their name in this college football yeah. playoff era.
0: They do. And with arguably the worst coach to ever win it. Like they had a bunch of things, but they're able to get so much talent in there year after year. And they're always going to be in the mix. They beat Alabama in Kelly's first year. So I think you got to include them, even if you don't want to as a Notre Dame fan. So at my sixth, though, I got Clemson. Um, I actually felt this was kind of low. Uh, they missed the CFP in back to back seasons for the first time in the CFP era. So their stock is a little bit down. And I'm with you. Had they not hired Garrett Riley, they might have even been lower. And if you're saying, well, how could you put Notre Dame behind Clemson? They just smacked him last year. That's true but the they're a model of consistency and the fact that we're calling them down years when they went 10 and three in 2021 and then 11 and three this past season, I think that tells you where the program is at. Like they're just operating at a different standard and you can't fault them too much just because they had five losses in the span of two years. Like that's not that bad. So plus they've got a top five coach. So I'm putting Clemson at number six. What about you?
1: Yeah. And that's why I had them up there. Cause they've actually played the second most college football playoff games. of anybody behind Alabama, um, this was hard. I ended up going Michigan at six. I, I could have talked myself into putting Notre Dame ahead of them, but I think that given the back-to-back playoff appearances, that would have just been too hard to justify. So I do have Michigan at number six. Um, this is where I maybe contradict myself a little bit because I think I feel more positive about Notre Dame's future than I do Michigan's, and part of that is just because Jim Harbaugh continues to flirt with the NFL every year. I know he said he's done with that. I'll believe that when I see that. Um, you mentioned they're. Lack of just firepower in recruiting, I guess, and and I think that that's important as well. But who knows? They so could go out there and beat Ohio State for a third straight year, and I just might look like a moron. But I do have Michigan at number six, and, and like I said, I had Notre Dame at number seven.
0: Yeah, what Michigan lacks in re- high school recruiting, they have sort of made up for in the transfer portal, which honestly infuriates me as a Notre Dame fan because I look at Michigan like, how are they so effective in the transfer portal? Because if academics is getting in the way at Notre Dame like you would think that it would get in the way a little bit at Michigan now Notre Dame was able to get Sam Hartman so it's not like they're inactive in the transfer portal but comparatively I think Notre Dame should be at a higher level than Michigan but I'm with you I had them much higher so then I've got Notre Dame at seven what to you puts Notre Dame at seven above teams like Oklahoma you know USC or like why why at seven for Notre Dame
1: I think it's the two playoff appearances mainly um, for in terms of why they're ahead of USC, why they're ahead of Oklahoma. Personally, I feel a lot more confident in Marcus Freeman leading a football program than I do Brent Venables. I mean, that Texas game happened last year. They went six and six, right? Six and seven, something like that. Like they looked bad at times. And and yes, I know that Notre Dame lost to Marshall in Stanford. However, they did put it on Clemson and they had a pretty, you know, impressive performance in the bowl game as well. And and people feel, I think, stronger about Marcus Freeman than they do Brent Venables going into this. Um, So for that reason, I I ultimately put Notre Dame at at number seven there. I I also had this pulled up. I think if you look at it, Notre Dame has something like, let's see, I think since 2015, they have the – Sixth most wins of anybody in college football. Oklahoma is yeah. actually fifth, um, but I do feel a little bit differently, just given how that year went for Oklahoma last year.
0: Yeah, they have I think six most wins, and if you're looking at how many players are in the NFL, Notre Dame's like fifth. That I didn't really take that into account. I didn't too either much because yeah. it kind of it all sort of plays a part. Like if you're winning at the college football level, then odds are you're putting a lot of talented guys into the F in into the NFL. But if if you hate Notre Dame, which I don't imagine most people li- listening to this do, you just say all of those wins were Brian Kelly. What has Marcus Freeman done? He lost sure. to Marshall in Stanford. I'd get that, but you can't just disregard the fact that with a backup quarterback last year, Notre Dame still went nine and four. And like they played Ohio State in the season opener, they played them tight. They uh, played USC pretty well, even though it didn't work out that way at the end. And then from a recruiting perspective, I know that things have fallen off a little bit lately in terms of the twenty twenty three class after Hillman got his or was granted his uh release from his national letter of intent. Notre Dame still put together a really impressive class. They're already in a great position in the class of 2024. So, I think Notre Dame is going to build on that. This is a bet on Marcus Freeman. So, I'm not really surprised that you and I both have him at 7. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download Fandle, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Fandle Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes made. Uh, For my pick tonight, looking at the board here, you know what? I'm taking the Suns over the Nuggets. Book it. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. But who do you have at eight?
1: So that's where I have USC. And they're probably a bit of an exception to my rules here because... Let's be honest, they haven't really done anything in the college football playoff era. Uh, but here's why. They're supposed to win a national title because of that that guy they have playing quarterback back there. And as much as I don't like him, he's the best player in college football, I think, by a wide margin heading into this year, right? And is there any doubt about that? No, um, and
0: if you if we do the same test that we applied earlier, like close your eyes, who's you can if see this that. team won the national championship in the next three years, I would say. Yeah. I mean, and they frankly, still got to figure it out on defense, but it could
1: happen. And that's the only reason why they're not higher is because I don't know that they have it as figured out um, across the, the board otherwise. But that guy is such a weapon and such a threat. I'm not even going to say his name, but we know who I'm talking about. Um, that's the reason that they're at number eight. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is
0: kind of weird because I actually put Oklahoma at eight, which seems odd because – like Oklahoma or you or USC has Oklahoma's old head coach who made them so consistent. Um, but they've been, they were really bad last year, but prior to that, they were almost undoubtedly a top five program at college football. And I don't want to penalize them too much for last season because it's easy to forget what happened after Lincoln left. Like he just took so much of what made them so good. Now they still have plenty of talent in the roster and there's no excuse for getting absolutely housed by their rival Texas, but I think pretty highly of Brent Venables. And he was also, like, this past recruiting class for them was really impressive. I think it finished fourth. Yeah, it was f- the fourth in the class of 2023. He's extremely aggressive in the transfer portal. So I'm putting a lot of stock into what Oklahoma does this year. Like, if they can't, you know, win 10 games this season with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback and then a lot of great transfers coming in, then I'll I'll start to knock them down. I'll start to doubt Brent Venables. But I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to be a really good team this year, and that's why I have them uh, there at number eight.
1: That's fair, and that's why I have them at number 9. Actually, I guess for the inverse reasons, and this is where I explained how USC and Oklahoma, their placements are somewhat exceptions to the rule, but I do have to have Oklahoma in the top 10 because of the fact they've been to four college football playoffs. That's significant enough. I know that the guy that got them there is in Southern California now, but I, I think you do have to recognize the achievement of making it to the college football playoff four times.
0: Right, and I think one last point uh, on Oklahoma. Having Brett Venables, I think, better positions themselves once they go to the SEC because you need a really good defense, and Brett Venables uh, can certainly do that. All right, so at nine for me, I've got Utah. And if we're doing the can you win a national championship thing, I don't think Utah could ever – like I don't ever see Utah winning a national championship. But they have been so consistent, and I think so highly of Kyle Whittingham. um, I have to put him there. So I think – They're probably one of the most consistent teams in college football. And then once USC and UCLA leave the Pac-12, they could win the Pac-12 every single year and have a great position in the college football playoff. They've won three straight 10-win seasons, um, if you don't include the COVID year, because they didn't even play 10 games that season. But I think really highly of Utah as a program. So I've actually got them at
1: nine. (laughs) Okay, that's funny. Uh, Because I have Oregon at 10 for pretty much the exact same reasons that you mentioned. I could easily see them becoming that dominant force in the Pac-12 once USC and UCLA leave. They've also, this is where I think my college football playoff thing gets a little bit iffy because, yeah, they've actually, they're one of seven teams, which is a ridiculous number, but only one of seven teams to have a win in the college football playoff it was almost a decade ago. That's the problem. Uh, so I don't even know how translatable that is. I mean, the head coach of that team was what would be future, but now former Bears offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich. So that's like, that's how long ago we're talking. And that's Marcus Mariota. So I don't know how translatable that is, but I was impressed with Dan Lanning in year one too. Um, and and I think that they're going to be pretty good this, this coming year and, and in the future and will be poised to, to really dominate the West Coast. So that's why I have them at 10.
0: Yeah, I get that. I've got USC at 10, but I also have Oregon at 11, so we can move there. But one last point on USC. The reason why I have them there uh, is this is all on Lincoln Riley. They've been such a disaster in in recent years. But I just, as long as Lincoln Riley is going to be the coach at USC, they're going to be in contention every single year. Are they going to be able to win the national championship? I don't know. We saw what he did at Oklahoma making it to the college football playoff and then getting boat raced almost every single time, except uh, I thought the Kyler Murray year they put up a good fight. But they're going to be in it, so I've got them at 10, and then I've got Oregon at 11. One thing you didn't even mention about Oregon that I think plays a huge factor in the future is when it comes to NIL, there's few teams doing it like them. So their recruiting is only going to get better and better uh, as this year as the years go on.
1: Yeah, that's, that's another really good point. Um, and in that same ballpark, I have Utah at 11 because I, I guess I could see them dominating the Pac-12, uh, like I said about, about Oregon, the differences, and I think it's like what you said, I can't see them winning a national championship, um, but I do think they have the ability to to win and dominate the Pac-12. I mean, they've done it the last few years. They beat USC twice last year, so I don't see why that can't continue.
0: So I feel like when I was doing this list, when I got to 12, I started to look at it a little bit differently because the top five, I was thinking national champions, like could this team win it then once you got to like six through 11 is mostly teams with the exception of clemson teams who have not won a national championship anytime recently haven't even come all that close to it but every single year they're going to be in the mix and they have plenty of proof now once you get to 12 i think we're sort of moving on to a different tier teams who are quality but haven't really you know impacted the college football playoff yet. They haven't really been in the national championship mix at all. So I've got Penn state at 12. Who do you have at 12?
1: I think I would also frame 12 to 15 as like, if this was something we were to do year over year, I think this is probably where you'd see the most, most rotation. Like this could, there's probably eight or nine schools, maybe even more that have a case to be in there at 12. I had TCU. And the only reason is because they were in the national championship game this past year. And I think you have to give them some credit for that. Well, also acknowledging that the end of the Gary Patterson era was pretty bad. Um, and so who knows if Sonny Dykes just caught lightning in a bottle last year with the transfer portal. And frankly, that team had kind of some big time 2012 Notre Dame vibes, just kind it of did. escaping by the skin of their teeth and then getting smoked in the title game by an SEC school. But because they, they're one of seven schools, that that is one of the college football playoff. They made it the title game. That's why I have them at 12.
0: I get that. And the fact that they beat Michigan, even though it was a really weird game, I mean, they had two pick sixes in that one. That's got to count for something because as bad as they looked in the national championship, and I know that they're going to get made fun of for it for a really long time and probably rightfully. So like I get that the fact that they won that semifinal game going up against Michigan, the big 10 champion, I get why you have them at 12. Um, I mentioned I had Penn state. You could make a pretty decent argument that they should be higher considering they have four 11 plus win seasons since 2016 They just won the Rose Bowl and they have an elite quarterback stepping in, or we think he'll be elite in Drew Aller. Um, They've also have Nick Singleton, the running back who Notre Dame really wanted. He was awesome as a true freshman. He's only going to be better as a sophomore. I think that of any of the other Big Ten teams outside of Ohio State, Michigan, like looking at Wisconsin and then whoever else is like, whoever else you want to include in that, they have the best chance to sort of knock them off in these next few years before they get USC, before they get UCLA into the mix there. So as much as I don't like James Franklin's personality, uh, you got to admire what he's been able to do at the program since he's taken over.
1: So I, I had Penn state at 13 and the reason they're probably not higher is because they have not made the college football playoff. Uh, and frankly, last year I thought they were the worst 11 win team ever. <laughs> um, like they, they kind of, maybe the only team that would give them a run for their money is 2021 Notre Dame. Uh, But I I just, I didn't think that team was very good. They didn't beat anybody. Now this is probably where a Penn state fan will come in and point out to me that they beat Utah on the Rose bowl, but I don't really care about that. Cam rising, Rising, gross weather, all that. Um, And 2020 happened when they started like zero and five or whatever it was. Uh, Like I just, that's too recent for me with the quarterback that played for them last year, admittedly. So, there's that, um, and I I don't know. They just haven't done enough for me to to have them higher up on this list. And I think that they've had the path a lot of years to. And sometimes they'll beat in Ohio State or they'll beat a Michigan. But at the end of the day, I'm starting to think James Franklin might be the Rick Barnes of college football. Like he ha- he has these teams, and they just can't get over the hump and get in the college football playoff. Yeah, you could definitely make a case for that.
0: And another Big Ten team I have in this list at 13, I've got Wisconsin. And if you wanted to. Do this list, and you wanted to say you shouldn't have Penn State or Wisconsin that high. And your argument was they're the fourth team or thir- third or fourth team in their own conference. They should not be a top 15 pro- program at college football. I hear you because the top or the third or fourth team probably isn't winning anything any single year. But both of these teams have been really consistent. Um, I know Wisconsin had a little dip, but I also think extremely highly of Luke Fickle and what he's going to be able to do there. Bring in Phil Longo. I can't wait to see what he does with the offense. Like, are they, they're probably clearly not going to be the Wisconsin of old. So this is a bet on Fickle. I think they actually have probably a better chance to be better than Penn state in the future, but looking in recent years, Penn state's been better. So that's why I give them the edge of 12. And that's why I have Wisconsin at 13.
1: Yeah. And I actually do have Wisconsin at 14, um, For that reason, when you take out the last three years, which, again, that might be me contradicting myself, although I don't think I put a huge emphasis on recency bias outside of Michigan. They're one of the most consistent programs in the country, Uh, and so I think you have to have them there, and I do believe Luke Fickle will do a good job there, so that's how they landed within the top 15 at 14 for me.
0: Same. And one other reason I forgot to mention why I gave Penn state the edge over Wisconsin was they just have been recruiting at a much higher level that might change mm-hmm. under fickle, but Penn state has been recruiting at a top 10 level. And I think that has to account for something as we look ahead to the future. Okay. 15.
1: Yeah. So this is tough. Uh, and honestly, after you give yours, we probably need to have a conversation about what it actually means to be viewed in the top 15, because like, 10 to 15, I think you can make an argument. I mean, you can make an argument for a lot of this, but 10 to 15, it's almost like, really, that team's a top 15 program in in college football? Um, And I think it ignores the fact that you've had some kind of group of five schools like UCF and Cincinnati even have some really nice runs lately. But I landed on Washington at 15. I I think if you look at what Chris Peterson did there, and I I know that's a way back, but he did make it to a college football playoff, uh, which... It's very important in my eyes. They were really good last year. I think I like what Kalen DeBoer has working there, and they'll have Michael Penix back this year. I, I think they're on an upswing. Um, and they also, like those two other Pac-12 schools we mentioned in Oregon and Utah, who says they can't be the one to, to just get a stranglehold on the Pac-12 once USC and UCLA loses or sorry leave. So I ultimately landed with Washington there. I, I kind of went back and forth. Like, to Cincinnati deserved something because of recency? you can even make a case for like a Michigan state but ultimately I had Washington there. Okay, that's interesting. So I'm going to include I'm
0: going to group 14 and 15 together because it's the what have you done for me lately group and I have uh <clears throat> I have Tennessee at 14 and then I have TCU at 15. We, the reason I put TCU at 15 even though like they're in it because they just made the national championship um I think we just Like with TCU, it's not like USC where even though USC just had this one great year, I'm very confident in them in the future. I'm fairly confident that TCU will be pretty solid over these next few years. But I got to see a little bit more before I'm ready to make that bet. Tennessee is sort of in the same boat. They had a really good year this past season. I actually think they're going to be really good this upcoming season. And they've been recruiting well under Josh Heupel. What Heupel is able to do with uh, Joe Milton at quarterback is going to be really interesting. And that might alter my expectations for the future because he's basically taking two quarterbacks that were, you know, average at best at their previous destinations. Hendon Hooker was pretty good at Virginia Tech. Joe Milton was not very good at Michigan. He turned Hendon Hooker into a Heisman contender. And what he does with Joe Milton is going to be really interesting. He looked awesome in the Orange Bowl. So if he has a great year, that could propel Tennessee way up. But again, still a little bit uh, uncertain about both those schools. So that's why I have him at 14 and 15 respectively.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I think if you thought about this a year ago, Tennessee wouldn't even be a part no, of like the conversation. The but, I, but I I, think that that's a very fair point. And given Heupel's track record at UCF and now Tennessee, it's hard to, to see them falling off. So I, I totally get why you would have them included here.
0: Who were some other teams? You mentioned Michigan State, Washington. Who else was sort of in that mix for you?
1: Yeah, that's where it got kind of tricky, and that's why I felt like I had to put Washington in uh, is because – I didn't want to go with like a Boise state or even though they're probably up there in terms of wins since 2015, when you think of prominence and they've played on some big stages, like I just kind of had to give the nod to Washington. I think if you look at it uh, the only two schools to have made the college football playoff that didn't make this list for me, are Michigan state and Florida state. And if Florida state has another good year this year, then they'll probably, they would probably be on this on this list a year from now, but I just need to see a little bit more there and let's make sure that they're not just this year's Iowa state uh, basically from a couple of years ago, where they have a really good year. Then they're not that good the year after with the quarterback coming back, but it just got like, I felt like I was reaching a bit as we got towards 14 and 15.
0: I was looking at it from the perspective of does this program with, with Florida state. I mean, they've got everything you think you would need to be a competitive program year in and year out, but I just, Besides money. Yeah, well, that's true. I just couldn't forget how bad they've been, and I think that they will be really good this season. I know a lot of teams are really high on them, uh, or a lot of people are really high on them. I think they're actually fourth or fifth. They're I really high the betting odds to win the national championship this coming year. I'm not yeah. that high on them. Um, but I think another thing that I had to take into account here was their recruiting base. Like, it's pretty crazy that we don't have a single Florida school in here. We don't have a single Texas school in here, which is where – No, we are- do. TCU. Oh, TCU. Right, right, right. But they're at the very bottom. So yeah. you're looking at this, and the fact that there's a no Florida school, when Florida consistently has some of the best high school football year in and year out, you look at the NFL, there's Florida guys all over the place. And to not have them in there, um, I just haven't seen enough from Florida. Florida State's close. They could definitely put themselves in there this year. I mean, they finished last year, uh, I think 11th or, tel- or 11th or 10th in the CFP poll, the final one. So they've got some momentum but I'm going to need to see a little bit more before I catapult them into these rankings.
1: Exactly. That's that was pretty much my thought process verbatim.
0: All right, that's it. Uh, That's our top 15. You got any more to add?
1: No, I'm interested to see how this annoys people. I'm sure it will in some capacity, probably the fact that Michigan's above Notre Dame for both of us, uh, namely, but uh, I'm interested to see what the reaction is.
0: Yeah. And guess what? If you are saying these guys are idiots, this list is so dumb. Go ahead, do this exercise, give me your top 15, and then find a way to do it without being hypocritical. And then, you know, being very subjective and getting things in the way. And you know what, if you figured it out, let us know, and we probably won't listen to it. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks again to Luke, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. On the way out, remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a follow on Twitter at LockdownIrish, on Instagram at Irish Pod, and my personal Twitter account at Tyler Wojak. That's at Tyler, W-O-J. C-I-A-K. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, where experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys tomorrow.